Sister, sister, there were never such devoted sisters. Never had to have a chaperone, no sir. I'm here to keep my eye on her. Hi, this is Tammy. And this is Angelie, and we are the podcast with Sisters. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. Hello, hello. All right. Today, we have Carol Wachniak with us, who is a doula and the CEO of Doula Family Legacy. So I'm going to start off, Carol. Th first of all, thank you so much for being with us. And please introduce yourself. Well, hello, everyone. Just to be real, I'm a mother of eight and grandmother of 21. Let's just start there. Wow. So, hence, oh hence why birthing is something very important to you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, we're a three-generation uh, doula and midwifery service business. And uh, my daughter, my oldest, was the midwife of the family. She passed away uh, just a little over a year ago. But we have a certification program. We've served over 4,000 families, delivered 1,200 babies. We had an unwed mother's ministry in our home for 20 years. And a lot of my grandchildren and other people's children have been per, uh, born in our home. So this is a lifestyle. We also have a junior doula certification program for young children who happen to be helping out at first and what they do. So we have a number of our, our students who have delivered and been around five, five or six deliveries and they're under the age of 16. So wow. that's amazing. Uh, so they've been, because they grew up with it, it's a lifestyle and emergencies show up uh, and they happen to be there in the house, things happen. So. That kind of gives you a little bit of background about me. <laughs> that's that's awesome. That's amazing. So just for everybody who's listening, um, some people may know what a doula is. Some people may not know what a doula is. So can you explain to us, you know, what what a doula is, how a doula helps in uh, birthing? So we come alongside women in their childbearing years, either before, during, or after depending on their need. And we offer education. We come alongside them with emotional support, physical support, and we are part of the birth team. We are not the primary care providers like a midwife would be or an OBGYN, but we are a integral part because we're usually the first ones there. So if it's a home birth, or a hospital birth, we go to the client's home as they are doing their early labor stages or up until when they want to go to a hospital or birth center. And we are their support team and we're privately um, invited. So we're contracted with the family to work specifically for them. So we go where they go. And if we need to be there in the OR, we are also there. Excellent. So as a support team or support staff, um, how do you, what is your support that you 
give to the families because I know that this is a time in people's lives where support is something incredibly important. So what what are examples of different types of support that you give? Well, it, depending on their birth location, we start with that. And then we ask them what their ideal birth is. Then once we discover that, then we create the support information and guidance on what would be their best mode for them. We ask them what their favorite foods are, what their fears are, if they have a birth plan, if so. And the birth plan includes about 200 types of questions that they have to figure out before baby's even born. So we go through, you know, pain management, childbirth education, nutrition, um, which you're an expert in, and we guide them. If they're low on their iron, what do they need to eat? What supplements that are actually valuable and working that we know can get to a quick response to up their iron, all sorts of things. If they have, um, you know, physical challenges, back ailments or whatever, we also guide them on exercises, refer them out to chiropractors, acupuncturists, different MDs, depending on what's going on. So our, we're full spectrum kind of question and answer and problem solving team. Carol, how did this yeah. path begin for your family? How, did you, how were you called as a family to start this, what I would call a doula legacy? So when I was in fourth grade, my mother uh, would drive me up to Northwestern. Uh, there was a feeder school that I was a student at. And we, we at that time, it was 45 miles away from where I lived. My dad was building Northwestern. He was the fourth largest contractor here in Chicago. And she became a volunteer at a place called The Cradle. And that is where unwed moms wanted to let their babies be put up for adoption. And we ended up picking up babies at the hospital and she would bring them home and they would stay with us. This one time we went to the hospital and this nurse was extremely angry and she scared me and I was hiding behind my mom and she would be very rough with this baby. And there was a piece of tape with a number on its back and she ripped it off and the flesh came with it. My mother was livid. And uh, so she chastised that nurse greatly, grabbed the baby, took care of what it needed, and then we were off. But back then there's no car seat. So I was holding this baby in my arms and he had no spark in his eyes. You could tell that he didn't feel loved, wanted, or valued. And so when he got to our house, my mother poured into him and he was with us for a short time, but before he left, he knew he was loved, wanted, and valued. And I thought no mother ever would have released their baby if they thought that's how his life would have started. I didn't know how, but I knew there was something dramatically wrong. So when I became a childbirth educator myself, of course, unwed women started showing up. And the baby is never the problem. It's how we think about it, how we see what 
we're not thinking clearly. The families aren't thinking clearly. And so this young mom was kicked out of her home. She found out that the boyfriend was married. And so there wasn't an option. And so be it started our first um, unwed mom's ministry. She came and lived with us. She ended up with a C-section, but she was also an, a nursing student. And she went into labor the day she got out of school for Christmas break. And she went back to school. She delivered that night. She went back to school two weeks later because she had no choice. And so we watched that newborn and she would go to the school. And then by that time, her mother, you know, softened her heart. She got to see the baby. And lo and behold, that little one stayed with mom and uh, she is in her forties today. Oh my goodness. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So um, we've been very blessed. Every single baby, except for two, are still with their original moms. Wow. And how many babies? How many babies have come through your doula program? We've had over 100, 100 babies in 20 years. And, and, and that's just two. through the unwed, unwed mother program? That's the unwed mothers, yeah. We've served over 4,000 families, and we've delivered 1,200 personally. And then... The others are those we have assisted, you know, with other practitioners and things. But uh, two of the moms, I'm really proud of these. They're they're open adoptions, but the one mom became her daughter's godmother, babysitter, and travel companion with the family. And she got a full scholarship to Northwestern, and uh, she graduated as a doctor. Wow, that's amazing. So oh. I, I'm I'm just really. I'm really proud of those decisions. You know? Yes. And so so my oldest started doing labor support with me when she was eight because we had women in the house. <laughs> so, you know, so then when she became a midwife and she was working with um, a very large practice here in Chicago, home birth practice, Dr. Rosie said to me, she already had her art form before she came here. I said, yeah, we've been doing it all our lives. So um, so her, she did her internship with the Amish community, which made her very unique with being around here. So I'll just tell you a fun story. This will be fun. She was with a, with a client in Indiana in the Amish community there, and this mom was kind of stuck. She got to seven centimeters, wasn't moving. So she said, Okay, the two of you go in the buggy and take a buggy around around ride around the field and come back. <laughs> Bounce it around, get it moving. She did, and lo and behold, twenty minutes later, she had baby. That's using your resources. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, so what is the what is the difference? You said your daughter was a midwife and you help support right. midwives, which are the primary care. So what's the what's the difference with a midwife? Um, and between so the, a midwife so and a doula. Different, ty different titles for midwives. A certified nurse midwife, she's gone through her nursing degree and then done additional um, mastery into um, being certified through the medical community in the midwifery school channel. Um, there are lay midwives that are learning just from others, uh, 
because of the need. Usually it's over the need and other midwives are willing to come and teach. And uh, that's what happened to one up in upper Wisconsin that I met. Women started showing up at her door in labor. She had to be self-learned. Um, and uh, they were far enough away from everything that it wasn't easy and there wasn't a really good um, communication system up there. And then, um, then there's licensed uh, CPMs and those are, are going through a licensure with NARM. They're different organizations. All of them have different school schools and trainings. And so one of the places is uh, Southwest Tech, Wisconsin. They have a, nurse, a, a midwifery program. It isn't a nurse midwifery program, but it is a complete tech school training program to become a midwife. And then you're you're able to um, help women in you know 20, 30 states or something like that. So. So midwives, so what is the difference? Um, so I understand with with nursing, if, if you are a certified nurse practitioner midwife, that you're working in hospitals. So with yeah. a midwife that is not, you know, not a certified nurse um, midwife practitioner, then um, they're just a midwife through one of the other programs. What is the difference between a midwife and a doula other than the doulas with the family before, but midwives usually are as well. What's the difference in at the birthing process? Like if you went to Wisconsin and got trained as a midwife between a midwife and a doula. So a doula, we don't do primary care. We're not doing clinicals. We're not drawing blood. We're not doing uh, lab work. Um, we're not doing OBGYN checks, uh, you know, vaginal exams or anything like that. So we would be coming alongside her, you know, whatever she needed us to do other than a clinical, right? Help this patient get, move here, get her up, get her fed, um, get her to the bathroom. Uh, multiple facets that you see in the hospitals nowadays, like the nursing nurses aides and all that, they're... Far and few between because they're cutting resources and people have left. And so many hospitals say, like with the daughter, my uh, my one daughter works in an ICU locally, and that hospital is short 35 nurses and every bed is full at the hospital. So when we come in now to a hospital setting on OBG floor, they are so grateful that we're there. Right. So whatever that might need we're standing in the gap um and the other depending on the state and the location and the needs the other uh midwives are also in clinic so up in the amish community they have up in lafarge they had a clinic and that's where my daughter got her training and she delivered 96 babies before six months of her her training so the day she arrived, she delivered. They needed, they could use 12 more midwives up there. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of community needs. So they fill gaps. Perfect. So let's, Carol, let's focus on a doula. 
why would a potential mother want to choose to add a doula to their their program, to their plan of care, to their team? Because we're home court advantage. Having a doula decreases the stats. Actually, I have the stats written down, but the, having a doula decreases your chance of a C-section by 60%. We wow. increase the body's um, ability to, to relax and manage pain differently. So the decrease in oxytocins is huge as well. Sorry, I don't have the stats right in front of my head, but oh, that's wonderful. But yeah. these are the kinds of things we the chance of a C-section drops by 50%. So because we're not a machine, mm -hmm. we're somebody who really cares about the person because we're building the friendship and we have knowledge base to support. So a machine can't touch you. Mm -hmm. And we can. And that's, that's really the difference. It's the human touch. Women have always turned to other women. We're standing on the shoulders of women. And with my students, I, as they get to know each other on the first day, I, I love this. Um, I said, now that you get to know her, do you love her more? And of course, they all said yes. And then I said, if any one of you guys called out for help, would you go and respond to her? And they all said yes. I said, did you need a certification for that? You know, it's just like step one, here's the football, right? It's really, are we going to respond? And what you have at that moment to that human need is enough to get her to the next step. We might not have all of the pieces at that time, but having somebody walk with you and alongside you changes the game. So that fear factor of the birthing yes. process goes down before you even get to the birthing process. You have that relationship from day one of the pregnancy. You're preparing them mentally through the whole process as the baby's growing inside. They're growing emotionally. They're growing yes. physically. They're growing the ability to know what they're going to look at. And because you brought up football, what they're going to have to tackle yes. <laughs> the day of the birth, right? Yes. Um, so that whole process starts from day one. You have that relationship and, and they feel that, that emotional bond that then gets them over that fear factor when they're actually in the birthing process yeah. on the day of birth. That's and we, Yeah. And we go over, you know, they, they've had a hundred percent success so far in life. We go over, you know, what are some of the challenges you've had success over, but for our students as well, we go through that, you know, and that gives them 100% a quantifiable result. And I believe that we are divinely called to different births, mm -hmm. that there is a, a connection, a spiritual connection. And when that call happens, that family is choosing you for the life experience you've gone through. And you cannot be knocked off your feet like you guys in, in your area of expertise. Nobody can knock you off your feet. So when that mom turns to you, she's asking and she's drawing to how you're not getting knocked off your feet because she can trust you. Right. 
Right. And that's and one, one of, of eight. We can trust you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And that's one thing when you were talking, I was thinking about the fact that, you know, we go through birthing classes in this country, the, you know, usually with the um, other parent who is right. going to be there supporting you, reminding you to breathe. But right. sometimes that other parent um, either hasn't given birth if it's a female because we're choosing right. one to give birth right. over the other or obviously if it's a father he has never given birth either so yeah. he can only support to a point he doesn't know what that experience is like and no. so having someone else there that is is in conjunction with the other parent and is yes. able to say okay this, these are the experiences that not only have I had, but of my hundreds, thousands of births, these are other experiences I've seen. And this is how we dealt with it. And so that you can, you can allay that fear beforehand, as well as be that person that, yes, I am so happy that my, my spouse is supporting me and I love you and please keep holding my hand and don't leave. <laughs> And then this is what I'm feeling. What does that, what does that mean when I'm feeling this in my body? And you can answer that question, which I think yeah. is amazing that, that we can That's do what that. we call the home court advantage. And so when we're working with the mom, we're also working with the dad. Um, we're also watching over, is he tired? Does he have to go to the bathroom? Has he eaten? Does he need a nap? And we will tell them, go lay down, right? that we've got your back and uh, and they just want to fix it. They don't know how to fix it because they can't, they don't go through the process. So when you're with someone who has been through the process, it helps them not have to carry the whole burden on their shoulders. Yeah. And that's huge. That is huge for them. Which is amazing because they, they want so much to, to support their spouse, they want so much to, or their, the mother, they want so much to support the child, but are not sure how to do it. And the not knowing that you're tired is important. Yeah. I'm going to say that's, you know, you see those TV shows where the father passes out when the baby's born. Well, mm -hmm. we're just gonna say maybe he's passing out because he's so tired that, yeah. that he just can't stay on, on his feet, but you're allowing him to have, <laughs> yeah, you're allowing him to not have low blood sugar, not be tired to be as present as possible so that he doesn't miss something that yes. is important and, yeah. and such. There's no heroes in this job. When we come in, we're part of a team and no one's allowed to burn. And, and also the way I teach is that the doula herself has to be doing self-care. You've got to be doing self-care. You have to come in with a full bucket that you can pour out of and not with an empty bucket because you didn't take care of yourself first. Yes, that and, is so important. And that is something that as women, most yeah. of us don't understand because we so want so much to care for everybody else that we forget to care for ourselves. Yes. And if you're, if you can't care for yourself, then you cannot be fully present for everybody Very else. True. Very true. Carol, can you tell us about your certification program? If anybody listening is interested in joining you, how does the process work? Cause I know you probably have just motivated 
multiple women who are listening to this podcast <laughs> in fields. So let's talk about that that certification process. So the fun part is happening this weekend on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, just to let everybody know. And we have a full immersion intensive, three-day intensive. So the students will be getting into the birthing tub. They will be experiencing how to support somebody who's laboring in a tub. They will be doing all of the things from start to finish, walking in. We will have um, some expectant mothers that they, they can they can uh, practice on over this weekend. But we have a 60-hour training um, that we have recorded. So, of course, with COVID, we had to switch over to um, recordings. And so our program uses the word, the acronym legacy. And each one of those parts starts with, the L starts with leadership. So we learn all about our own story, who we are, what gave us the credibility that we can stand before a mom. You know, what have we overcome? in all spectrums. So each one of the modules is emphasized. And uh, we have the program for over 60 hours because it qualifies for anyone who wants to continue on and become a midwife through one of the tech schools, the school programs, which includes childbirth education. Um, They're required to learn NRP. Because the neonates, when they're born, their lungs are full of water. So CPR is not the same. And the care, they need to do a full section of childbirth education. They do practicals. We have peer-to-peer review. So we debrief the births. What went well? What can we improve? We have a lifeline uh, for our students. They need to call and can call any expert that they need to during a birth process. And um, yeah, it's just, it's just an amazing one year program with constant support, mentorship and um, community. So all of our students have to have backups and they work with each other. So they're a team coming in no one should go to a birth as a single provider because you don't know if it's going to be a short one or a long one. Right. And you need to be, you need to be present and taken care of as well. So if it's a long birth, you need to be able to switch out and have another doula come in self care so that you can sleep. Yeah. So all of the things that are pitfalls, I have them built in because I've been doing it for so long. And uh, that way, the the uh, client, the hospital team, all of them, there is always an extra, an extra way of a cushion if something should go one way or the other. So that's amazing. Wonderful. So um, people can contact you. Um, your email is doulafamily, D-O-U-L-A family at gmail.com. Or they can find you online at certification. 
com. Yes. Perfect. That is wonderful. So really quickly, what is a takeaway or an action point that you would tell a um, person who is interested in becoming a doula? Call me. Seriously. (laughs) And also I have the largest birthing community on LinkedIn. So if you are on LinkedIn, look me up. Uh, If you just Google me, you'll find me, but call me. And my cell phone number is 224-623-2171. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much, Carol. Yes, this is, this is wonderful. And I love to hear women supporting women and helping in, you know, one of the most amazing parts of our life is, you know, the entry into, into the world and into a brand new life. I so appreciate you guys and good morning and God bless you for what you're doing. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Have an absolutely phenomenal day.